from a moon It'll be seen dead You ain't going crazy It's all in your head Let me tell you It's all interpretation Oh my To find the truth You gotta read between the lines Dang it, Bobby Work out your own salvation You are the best of white people It's hard to find If it's more than a place It's a state of mind That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. You know, Mark, I'm deeply concerned about our country, as you are. Yeah. And there was a a brief glimmer of hope yesterday. Uh, I told you this. I have had to, had to. Uh, <laughs> um, in my other world where I deal with a lot of crime reporting stuff, I was actually, um, I read, provide audio product for um, things like, an indictment that comes down or uh, right. the arrest yeah. warrant, you know, things like that of, of different crimes, because those documents tell you what the police believe happened and who did it to whom. And I've read a lot of them. The, the one for code, code, uh, out in Iowa, uh, the guy that killed, uh, Idaho rather killed the four college students, uh, Brian Koberger. Yeah. His, uh, document was enlightening because you could see what they really did know, uh, as opposed to what they think, you know, I'm reading over the document about Trump in Atlanta. And, um, and I, I've told you all week, I'm, it really disappointed me. I, I understand that we all have different political views and things like that, but I really don't like the idea of if you are part of a party that somebody else doesn't like that they can legally go after you and try to cause you to go to jail and try to humiliate you and try to ruin you. And that's what's happening in Atlanta. And that's the shocking part. I, I don't know how to get around it other than to say, uh, at least there's one person in Georgia uh, that actually stood up yesterday to be counted. And uh, it's a politician, his name's escaping me now. I should have written it down. He filed. He actually filed paperwork yesterday demanding the governor, Brian Kemp, who we know is a weasel, but yeah. demanding Brian Kemp that they call a special session of the of the state legislator because he's saying, Fanny, this woman's got to go. What yeah. she is doing is humiliating and embarrassing for the state. And it's exactly the type of stuff we need to get rid of. It, this is the accusation that, you know, Antifa makes against uh, us, you know, where they call us mm -hmm. the evil ones. They call us the, uh, oh, every horrible thing that we say about politicians who want to be communists, you know? Yeah. Uh, they've labeled us that way. They've taken these words and they've absconded with them. And then they came back and they throw them on us now. And so in the case of uh, Georgia, there was one guy standing up wanting to do something about their state yeah. uh, and using the Trump, uh, uh, the Trump indictment as the reason. I don't know if you paid attention to it because good old Fanny, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. one who brought the charges, you know, she actually is demanding, demanding that all 18 of the people in the indictment turn themselves in by August 25th to the police and 
uh, wants to have the trial within six months. Right. This is the former actually, president. She's, re she's requested the day before Super Tuesday, actually. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I don't know how many people see this for what it is. I don't. Uh, I, I think it's a lot. I, I hope it's a lot. Yeah, me too. Okay. But do you feel that, though, or do you think people are buying into it? I've lost touch, Mark. I, I have become the lost because the only people I talk to, to be honest, life's busy. The only people I really yeah. deal with are people that yeah. I don't want to hit. And right. when idiots start running their mouths on TV or whatever, I have to be careful not to have something I can throw on my TV. Because right. there are people yeah. that say things on television these days that I look at and I go, know. what? Yeah. I'm ready to I, take a shoe off and throw it at them. I can't watch any of it anymore. I it used to be that you could turn on Fox News and at least it was mainly sane. You yeah. Know, primarily yeah. sane. Right. And it's not so much anymore. It really isn't. They're they're buying into the lingo and and accepting the excuses and they're just going along with everything. <laughs> they're they're still not quite as bad as the yeah. rest, but still and by the way, I think they're a lost cause. But it was uh state uh, Georgia State Senator Colton Moore. Okay. Uh, Colton Moore is the guy who stood up yesterday. Right. I didn't know calling. the name, but I knew what you were yeah. talking about because I've been seeing I've been seeing the mentions go by of this right. thing happening. Yeah, just wanting to do didn't dig into it very deeply because but. Fannie Willis using her position, you know, to strike out at a political foe, a political right. person she doesn't like, and and yeah. that's not how our country was built. Our country was built the opposite of that to protect you from that, so that yeah. even if you hate what I say, I remember I had a teacher in high school who taught these types of things, and and. Mark, I remember, you know, she used to use that old phrase, you know, I might not like what you say. Yeah. I might not agree with you say, but I will fight to the death to defend it. Right. We don't have people like that in office anymore. They yeah. actually think, and look, we've got an entire generation of young kids coming up now that believe if you say something they don't like, they have a right to get rid of you. It's not enough to ignore you, to not be your friend, but to get rid of you, to ruin you, to take yeah. away whatever you have. If they don't like what you said, not done, said, or what yeah. you think, or you're a conservative Christian, wait a minute, I need to come after you now. Yeah. So mm. it it's ridiculous, Mark. It really has gotten too far, but I, I thought it was interesting because I, I wonder what's going to come out about uh, State Senator Colton Moore. What's going to come out about him now? Yeah. Since we're on this, it reminded me of something I saw yesterday. Uh, it popped up on Twitter. Newt Gingrich is uh, is in a conversation with Charlie Kirk. Um, that cat's little son. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's, it's his third cousin removed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is I, I I pulled it up and let me see if I can pull this and make it play here. Um, that I am told this is hearsay, but I am told by a reliable source that Friday evening somebody from Washington called the district attorney in Atlanta and said, you have to indict on Monday. We have to cover up all of the mistakes we just made with Weiss. And she said, hmm. apparently, my jurors aren't coming back till Tuesday. And they said, you didn't hear me. You have to indict on Monday. And she said, well, they're not going to get here before noon. They said, that doesn't matter. She said, this, this means it's going to be eight or nine or 10 o'clock at night. They said, it doesn't matter. We need the news so media who, shifting who, who off ma of Who Weiss. made that phone call? We don't know. 
And I'm, yeah. and I'm telling you up front, this is hearsay, but it's from a person who has remarkably good I, sources. I, I totally believe it, though, because that would explain why they leaked and they messed up on the clerk document, why she was exhausted, <laughs> and why they had the 11 p.m. press conference, Mr. Speaker. So the order was given, apparently, and that's why it all happened like it did on Monday, because somebody in D.C. said, this has to happen. And it's, it follows that pattern that we have been talking about here from time to time where something embarrassing happens with the, uh, with the Biden administration and the next day there's another Trump indictment. Right. That's, it's another one of those things. They have to cover up the stuff. And this is the stuff going on with Weiss, the guy, the guy who made the sweetheart plea deal for Hunter mm -hmm. Biden. And right. then they got bumped out of the water and then they made him the special count, you know, the special prosecutor or whatever <laughs> term just flew out of my head but now you know they put him in another position mm -hmm. and uh and basically covered the the bidens once again and so in order to cover that up so it doesn't get any traction in the news the indictment comes down in georgia Amazing. and it's ridiculous you it know is. the idea of the information being accidentally leaked inadvertently a button pushed you know yeah Yes, that thing in the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, that was that was a test run. No, <laughs> no, that wasn't somebody making a mistake. You had it all. Well, actually, it could have been somebody making a mistake because you had it all prepped and ready to go. And somebody right. just published the wrong thing at yeah. the wrong time. Yeah, you had you know, it already. It was all it was a done deal already. You just right. had to go through the formalities. And so everybody would sign off on it. But it was already a done deal. And somebody accidentally published what was already a done deal. Yeah. There you Just go. Crazy. That ex that ex that actually explains everything, Mark. It really See, does. That's why I think you missed your calling. You should have been a second grade school teacher. That you, <laughs> if I can, if you can explain it for me to understand. <laughs> so there you have it, Mark Congleton, retired teacher. <laughs>
and uh, they visited the military hospital there and some of the injured guys. Again, this is in the 70s, uh, but it had Metal Lark Lemon and Curly Neal. And, you know, the, the two clown princes of basketball on, on that team were just yeah. phenomenal. And Howard Cosell doing the announcing. And Braylon at eight years old, no, didn't, didn't work for him. Really? Yeah, didn't work for him. It wasn't fast enough. There wasn't enough going on. There was uh-huh. too much else going on in terms of what they were putting together. Like they did this whole, they even did a back piece, a backstory piece on what the Harlem Globetrotters were doing while they were there, visiting a mm-hmm. hospital, seeing kids at school, talking to people, yeah. doing their public relations stuff that the team used to do. I, I assume they still do it, but I just don't know that for a fact. But I, I did watch this. But the thing that got me is they had uh, these guys going into the military hospital, you know, and they were so tall. You know, when you when you see all these guys on the basketball court, you know, they're, they're all the same size kind of thing. They're all big, you know, but mm-hmm. they're they're all the same. But when you see a basketball player for the Harlem Globetrotters and there's two of them and then there's yeah. all these military people. Yeah. And it, it was like they moved to the I'm not kidding when I say <laughs> I thought their their bus landed in Oz because the munchkins <laughs> were there and these guys were huge. I was like, wow, you can really see the difference in size right there. But anyway, I had a great time watching it, but yeah. Raylan, I couldn't keep him interested in it. There, there wasn't enough of what he's used to seeing. Uh, mm. I would have cut and I would have done it differently now too, but yeah, anyway, yeah, it was just interesting yeah. what you and I grew up on watching and those yeah. between the globetrotters on wide world of sports and evil can evil jumping. Wow, man. If wow. we had that going on in the same year, that was a big day. The next, the next yeah, Monday at school, did you see it? Oh, wow. <laughs> You're talking about how tall those guys are. Yeah. You, there, there's a Billy Crystal movie called Forget Paris. Oh, yeah. Did you you see that movie where he's I, the no, riff? I saw okay. the, uh, I saw the, you know the signs, I, the posters for the movie. Right. You know what I'm talking about, though. Well, he is, uh, it's a love story, but his profession, what he does for a living is he is a, a ref. He's a basketball ref. Right. And the thing, it's Billy Crystal. Yeah. Okay. Here's Billy Crystal. Right. And here's here's all yeah. these basketball players. <laughs> just wow. the vis- just the visuals were perfect. Just oh, absolutely perfect. And there's some oh, there's small. of course some gags about how small he is, but at any rate, I just thought it was anyway. fascinating. The yeah. the one thing that I thought, you know, um would entertain him didn't. And yeah. I was kind of shocked. But That's anyway, yeah, it tells you a lot about kids mm-hmm. today and what they're used to seeing and doing and um, and I guess our lifestyle was quaint to them. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. don't know how we're going to, I'm wondering how do parents these days relate to their children? Because they weren't, you know, there are kids now. Think about it. It's our kids having kids. And yeah. I know how my kids were raised. They weren't uh-huh. raised with mowing the yard and taking the trash out. Listen, a day does not go by with us doing this, this podcast where we'll get into a conversation about something like this, the Harlem Globetrotters, right? Gilligan's Island, things like that. We'll get flashback. That was a movie of the week. (laughs) And I, I, (laughs) the Partridge family, things like that. It's just like, and I, and a day does not go by that. I don't start feeling like I walked uphill both ways in the snow to go to school. You know, I feel like I'm that guy. You know, yeah. when we were kids, you know, that's what I feel like. And I know how old I am. You know? And it's probably appropriate that I feel that way. But Mark, I think the reason we do that is because things have changed so much politically. At least when we were little. Well, no, wait a minute. 
Uh, things were still screwy when we were little. Just we didn't know because we were kids. We, that's right. We just didn't know. We didn't know. Wow. And our parents, our parents did talk about it, but we just didn't catch on. Right. Well, no, I, I just remember we being were, irritated about it. What are you talking about? Water? I remember Watergate. I kept thinking, yeah. I can't imagine using a gate to hold back water. <laughs> that's what I remember thinking. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I remember, I vaguely remember people being upset that Kennedy had been assassinated. Oh, right? wow. Because at, at that yeah. time, I'm, when was that? What year was that? That was 63. 63. I was five yeah. years old. Yeah. Right. Or, or I was six years old. And wow. it was your six years old assassination is you don't understand yeah. what that is. Right. You, you might, you might, somebody yeah. might be able to explain right. that somebody killed somebody. That's what right. it is, but it doesn't, the, the gravity of it doesn't hit you. So yeah, you, you can't explain a political coup right. to a six year old. No. And, and explain and, all and the nuances. No, it doesn't matter. Even, <laughs> Why even, the, what, even the one person killing another thing is something right. you see in a movie, right? Yeah. That's, it doesn't, it's not real to you. Right. Yeah. But yeah. so there were things that happened in our kid, our childhood. This all, this insanity was going on. Yeah. But we didn't understand it. We were concerned about could we clip enough baseball cards to the spokes mm -hmm. on our bikes and things like that. That's wow. what we were thinking about, you know. Wow. <laughs> Just watch the movie. And the now I lot. feel like I'm walking uphill both in the snow both ways again. There you go. With the bike reference. Man. <laughs> We should ride those bikes everywhere, man. <laughs> I know. Now a kid won't get on a bike unless it's got a motor. <laughs> yeah. And so how do you recharge this thing? Uh, so wow, <laughs> they're all electric now. Oh, oh I gosh. know. And they're faster and better. No, they're not though. All right, Mark. Well, some of them yeah. are amazing, but but I mean, if it gets you where you got to go and you got to look for some place to plug it in, then. I don't know. You know, it just kind of takes the shine off of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, every time I see one of these people that, and we'll move on, but every time yeah. I see an article about somebody who decided to rent an electric car for a trip to see <laughs> and for themselves how good they yeah. were, they write this horrible thing about it. Yep. And it's like, okay, I understand what you're doing, but you're not giving it a fair shake because Taking a trip is not normal driving, first of all. Second yeah. of all, you don't have it in your, you don't have a history with where you go to charge these things and how long it really takes. You don't have any of that background. So you're going to treat it like a gas car thinking yeah. that you can yeah. stop and fill up uh, while you're, you know, while your family uses the bathroom at Stucky's or whatever. Right. Yeah. And doesn't anyway, work that way. But no. it's like, it's an unfair comparison because no matter what you do in that, it's like getting the family truckster to take the family out to Wally World. It's right, not yeah. going to work the way you think. No, they're not designed for long hauls. They really yeah. aren't. And they also just, aren't aren't designed for heavy hauling, uh, as people found out with the Ford F one fifty, the electric Ford F one fifty. When uh, um, uh, Tyler Hoover of, of Hoovy's Garage, mm -hmm. he and his business partner bought a light uh, one of the lightning trucks, and. Uh, he hooked a trailer up to it and was hauling a car to the shop to get because he, he's got this huge car collection. He's taking mm -hmm. a car off for the engine to be looked at, and he's got a full charge on the thing. And by the time he gets home, he can't haul another one. Wow. <laughs> it used so much power just trailering a car to the right. uh, repair shop twenty minutes away. Wow. And so, and now the Ford CEO has run into the same situation. I think this is kind of what you're referring to here. Yeah. Is so he rents, he gets an F-150, goes on a trip and realizes, oh, this sucks. This is not good. Well, for yeah. one, you're right. They're not, nobody's, very few people are going to take an afford F-150, even with the crew cab so you can throw mm -hmm. your kiddos in the back seat. Very few people are going to take that on a trip, right? right? You're not going to the Grand Canyon from Tennessee in yeah. that. And you're, uh, and, 
and you're not going to be doing any kind of long haul driving usually in something like that. It is for short hauls, but it's still, as we've yeah. said here so many times, it's still not ready for prime time. It's and just it's, not there. They need to quit selling it that way. That's all. Yeah, they do. Just, and they're, who was it? Uh, somebody had decided to stop selling. They had decided to go electric and then they said, nope, not going to do it. We'll go hybrid. Yeah. Oh, it was Toyota. Right. Toyota. Had, uh, had started, they looked at it and decided, nah, no, nah, we're not going that way. We're right. going to go hybrid. Well, so you'll is, have gas and electric. The one thing to get to with it is if, if they could look at, they being the powers that be on such things, um, instead of looking at the political as, aspect of it, you know, playing into the green agenda and all that and throwing out the common sense of what it takes to make the batteries and what it, you know, all the energy used to create the uh, electricity to charge the batteries, throwing out all that common sense, okay? Because it is not good for the economy. I mean, good for the environment, rather. It's not the e-machine you think. Throwing out all that and actually utilizing the uh, electric stuff we've learned, um, the batteries, the using the, uh, the lithium-ion batteries, right. uh, that have allowed things to get better with the electric cars. If they would treat the electric car as something different, uh, treat it with a, the different way you make it, the different thing it's used for, then sell it as this product that it's a great, right. the electric car is great for these things. Yeah. Yeah. It, the local do not try car. to, yeah. don't go head to head with gasoline powered vehicles because you're going to lose that battle. It's the same mm -hmm. reason the USFL with Donald Trump failed in the eighties to take on the <laughs> NFL. It was an inferior product. Yeah. It did well in its spot playing in the spring. It did fine going mm -hmm. head to head with the NFL didn't happen because it wasn't inferior. And that's the same thing here with the great, with the electric car, if they would treat it as something special uh, and yeah. I want one, I believe in electric power. I believe in electric cars. I believe in that. I believe that we've been lied to for many things, but bottom line, they have tried to go head to head. And <laughs> to be honest, Mark, if you're going to haul a boat to the, to the beach or to the lake, rather, in your Ford F-150 crew cab, right? And you can't go further than, you know, from your house to downtown Birmingham before you've got to sit for 30 minutes and get half a charge. <laughs> yeah. Not going to work, buddy. No, not when you can not. fill it up it's... with gas and go. And there's only that's... so much time you can spend at Bucky's. Trust right. me. Right. <laughs> so anyway, but you know what? It does show you how people, th I, one last thing. And I think this is the reason we have problems with politicians and green and, and fuel energy. Right. Uh, I remember vice president Harris when she was talking to uh, Oh, it was a graduating class at one of the military academies. And she was talking about using uh, solar energy, you know, to go out in the, in the battlefield and just, you know, un unroll your solar panel and you have power right away to take on, you know, your enemy. Hmm. Yeah. You didn't need a gas supply line. You didn't need that. And it was like, I listened to that. And at first I thought somebody was mocking her, like making fun of her. Yeah. Like she, yeah. she actually believes and, and I'm, I'm going to assume here that she probably still believes this because she doesn't seem like the type of person that learns from her mistakes. Otherwise she'd stop making them over and over. But the idea that you can take a, a you can have a rolled up solar panel in your back pocket, unroll it. And five minutes later, be powering your house hmm. is, is foolhardy. It, yeah. that's not how it works. Not how any yeah. of this works. That's and very kind, not actually. knowing that, <laughs> not knowing that is why yeah. we've driven down this path. She's not the only politician that, that, that thinks like this. And oh, I, I know. Mark, 
if yeah. that was the case, would we not all? Would we oh, not sure. all be Absolutely. doing that? If it yeah, were, we'd all we'd all we'd have solar roofs on our house. Yeah. Right? It'd Why be, would we yeah. not? Yeah, and, Why not? and that's what frustrates me because there is, if you've ever lived in an area where solar energy does work, like out in New Mexico, yes, mm. it is very effective out there, but it, yeah, not the yeah. way you think. There's a lot yeah. more that goes into it. It's not just having a solar panel, but the bottom and line it, is she actually, ble- she's a vice president, Mark, and she yeah. said it out loud to yeah. a group yeah. of graduating military it's people. It's amazing just, how many people at that level, at the national level in politics, are completely ignorant of, of the things that they actually propose and promote it's just hey it's mark what was that thing you used when you bought the milk the other day i saw you pull a card out what was that <laughs> yeah, my debit card yes mm. that's right wow. yeah, watch this this is magic i'll pay with my watch Ding. Mm. <laughs> the first time i did that i thought <laughs> mm. i was getting passport photos made and i paid for the passport photos because i had the my debit card linked to my to my phone, to my iPhone. And of course that means it's linked to my watch. And I walked up and tap, tap, press the button on the watch and laid the watch on the little thing. And it goes, ding. And, and, it, and I paid for the, paid for my passport photos with my watch. And the girl says, Man. dang, that's something. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time I ever seen that. <laughs> well, I remember the first time I actually saw somebody tap their card. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. You know, when it had like tap slide, whatever. Yeah. And I'd had the same card forever and it didn't even have the chip in it. It right. still saw, it would swipe. Yep. I mean, why do you, you don't get a new card till you need it, right? Yeah, and exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. But then I started thinking, well, wait a minute. Eventually this is going to run out. It isn't going to work right. I right. need to go ahead and get a new card and say, I got yeah. a new card. And I'm trying to figure out because I'd, I'd never stuck it in. I'd always slipped it, right? Just right, swipe yeah. it. And yeah. I was going to do that. And the, the girl at the counter goes, you don't, what are you doing? Because it wasn't working. <laughs> Yeah, and she and I was trying to trying to find the slot to put it anyway. She oh goes, yeah, yeah. And she says, "Hold on, can I just let me see your card?" And she took my card and touched it, right? Uh-huh. And and I'm like, well, <laughs> just the <laughs> tap to pay thing. Yeah, and I was it's like, oh, it's actually crazy the first time you see it. I, I love that at the gas. Where I love that is the gas pump when you step up to the gas pump and they have a tap to pay thing on oh, the yeah. pump. Ding! I love that. It doesn't work with the watch but it does work with the debit card. All I could think of is why, when you get embarrassed and humiliated like that for being old, get off my lawn guy, why does the person, (laughs) you know, that gets you, why is that girl going to be hot? Why can't she be fat and ugly and old like me? You know, why does she have to be young and pretty and smart? Because then she just looked, and then she had to look down at me like I'm Uh, Mr. Rogers' uncle. Uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) Embarrassed in front of the pretty girl. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Look at all those idiots. Full of fools. Is it any wonder I'm singing, singing the blues? Well, to, to, I had to dig back a little ways to find this one. And it was funny that when I did dig back to find this, I thought I thought this just happened a couple of years ago, but it actually happened much earlier than that. Kristen Cinema was speaking to a crowd way back in 2011 and let's see she was running against at the time she was running against uh no this is later but she told she told the people that she was talking to that arizonans were crazy people and she said over the past several years people would watch what's happened in arizona and be like well dang those people are crazy is it something about the water no the water's fine we stole it from colorado 
when we grew up, <laughs> I remember in first grade, we learned a song about Arizona. Uh, Arizona is the state of five C's, cattle, copper, citrus, cotton, and climate. And those were the five things about our state historically that it made its money off of. But I would add a sixth C, it's called crazy. And then she says, she says, she says this. As we see in this very quote, that the states are the laboratories of democracy. And then my state, Arizona, is clearly the meth lab of democracy. Um, yeah. And I cannot take credit for that line. Someone at The Daily Show wrote it, but I'm happy to steal it and use it all the time. Okay. Just from a comedy perspective, it's a funny line. Okay. It's the meth lab of no democracy. It's a funny line. But is it something you want to say about your state when you're trying to win an election? <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Kirsten Cinema, like so many politicians, they look down on the very people they're supposed to be. They're, they're supposed to be a public servant, but mm -hmm. they look at us like we're the hired help. Yeah. That's how this thing has changed. An actual person who is serving the people would not talk about the people they serve in that way. Right. They would apologize for the mess and swear up and down they're going to do everything they can to fix it, not yeah. mock it. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. They look at us as the help. Yeah. And they're, they're smarter than everybody else looking down on us. They're more clever and they get away with things like this. And, and if you're do. speaking to a friendly crowd, you can get away with things like this. But when this popped back up again, more recently, when she was running against, uh, um, who was it? It was against Martha McSally. Is that right? Hang on. Yeah. Right. Representative Mark, uh, Martha McSally, the Republican from Arizona. Um, and she beat her. She won. And since then, <clears throat> since then, and during her time, uh, her time there in the house, she has looked around and said, basically, I thought it was crazy back home. And so she's decided not to not to not to be part of the Democrat Party anymore. Right. So she's she stepped aside and good for her. Yeah. But still, that was a pretty stupid thing to say. <laughs> Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you prevent wildfires. Dude, I've got this. I've been camping since I was five years old. But I am a camping influencer. You know what, I'll bet you five bucks. Assistant Smokey, what is the best way to put out a campfire? To put out a campfire, drown with water, stir, drown again. Then make sure the fire is out cold by feeling with the back of your hand. Wait, really? I'll take the five bucks. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Cue the whistler. That's funny. <laughs> kind of cracking up at how you found these songs to include a whistler. I'm just trying to remember. Oh, Wind of Change. That was the one. It was late 80s, early 90s, big hair band, uh, rock band. And yeah, they had a whistle thing going on. Mm. I can't. It was one of those things that didn't last long. You know, the, the band. I mean, like, yeah. Was over. yeah. Wow. Don't you wish that politicians would go the way of big hair? <laughs> it's like one day everybody's got it. They're all looking. Yeah. And the next day we're mocking them in old pictures. That's where I think right. a lot of our yeah. politicians today, in particular, yeah. I believe. Our nation, our politicians from every party need to unite on one thing, and that is we need a president of the United States that is not a liability to himself and others. And at this point, I believe Joe uh, Biden is. I believe is. that President Biden uh, 
it's beyond the fact that I believe he's a criminal, beyond uh, any of the things that I might think personally about him. By the way, I think a lot of the Republicans are as well, just as dirty, just as filthy. You said mm-hmm. something before we even started the show, talking about Kirsten Sinema uh, being the stupid criminal of the week, and you said, yeah, it's the same state that gave us John McCain. You know, yes. these <laughs> these parties, I, I don't want to, I, I really don't want people to think that uh, that we're all about parties because we're not. It's just, Mm-mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not anti-party. You have to have them or you have chaos. You know, you'd have, if we didn't have a, an actual party system, it, it would be chaos. Look at the runoff election they had. Remember when they had the recall election in California to replace yeah. Gray Davis and yeah. you had everybody from Gary Coleman to porn stars to the janitor, you know, trying to get on the ballot. It, yeah. it was like 158 people when everything, and that's how, and that was just for one state, you know, and they're all creating their own parties, the flying right. mushroom party, yes. things like that. Yes. yes. And that's <laughs> because why. we have to have a party. <laughs> and I, I don't agree with it. I don't like having just two parties, but, uh, and, and by the way, I know we don't, I know we have a billion other parties. I'm oh, talking sure. about legitimately eligible to get on the ballot and get elected. You could hear the libertarians screaming in mm-hmm. the background. <laughs> libertarians are close. You know, the libertarian yes. party, yeah. um, if they wouldn't, if they wouldn't take rejects from the other parties and put them in positions of power, then yeah. it'd be okay. But they tend to do yeah. that. Uh, they That's need to true. raise up their own. They, and which goes to show you, they don't have a clear path on what they believe. I, right. I'm, I'm a libert- I believe in a lot of the libertarian things. Yeah. Not everything though. And I, I mean, I don't think you're going to find a party you agree with 100% unless you're a Democrat and it becomes a religion. Liberalism is a religion. And it if is. you really scratch that and look at it, they're not, they're going to be very negative against the things you and I hold dear. You know, this mm-hmm. country, our family, they, everything they do is to divide and conquer. Look at it. Yeah. I'm not, a, and yeah. look, man, I, again, I'm not championing the Republican party here. It's just that watching what the Democrats have done impeach 45 till mm-hmm. today is not good for this country. It's, it's just not look, man, if you don't like the guy, fine, just beat him at the ballot box, but do it legitimately. Yeah. The reason yeah. there are problems is because they tried to, they have been stealing things forever and they got caught. And I'm talking yeah. about an entire party here. They got away with it though. And I do think it's really important to point this out. There was a consent decree signed in 1982 or three, and it goes back to the 1980 presidential election. And it goes back to voting in New Jersey and the Republican party had to sign a consent decree because during the, think about Reagan won by a landslide. He won mm-hmm. by a landslide in 1980 against Jimmy Carter. The Republican Party actually brought a retired Texas Ranger, six foot five, big old white guy, big old 10 gallon hat, kept a six shooter on his hip, and they sent him into areas of New Jersey that were predominantly black, impoverished, um, and gave them a community talking to about voting. And about how they could lose everything if they voted improperly. If Hmm. they voted improperly, they could go to jail or they could lose all their subsidy. They could lose their house, you know, their government house. They could lose their welfare. They could lose everything. And it was a big threat. It was a real thing that happened. It was done by the Republican Party in New Jersey. It wasn't on a national level. It was New Jersey. One area that they felt they had to deliver for the Republicans and they were worried they were not going to do it. So they brought this guy in to intimidate. It was there to intimidate voters. The Republicans did that in 1980. And the reason 
you know, when we tell our kids don't lie, you got to tell another lie to cover up the lie. That's what happened to the Republicans in 1980. What started in one voting district in New Jersey, mushroom, because the Democrats grabbed it. And you've got this new president, the Republicans won big, and the Democrats held this over their head saying, well, we're going public with this. How many other places did you guys do this? Intimidating black voters, what's wrong with you? Trying to prevent them from voting, what's wrong with you? This, you know, and that's what they did. And so in order to keep that, the lid on that, a consent decree was signed by the Republican Party that they would, and the Democrats had them over a barrel. The Democrat, go back and look at, it's a long paper, but the bottom line was that the one thing the Republicans could not do, they could not challenge the results of an election based on voter fraud. Hmm. That was the end result of this thing they did in one voting district in New Jersey. Wow. They gave up their right to challenge the results of an election. That hmm. went on. And, and then the judge who signed that consent decree would come out. I think it's good for every two to four years. I can't remember when it would come up to be renewed. He retired, the judge that signed it. And that judge continued to come back out of retirement and re-sign this yeah. consent decree. And it went on up until... 2015 that's when it ended they the consent decree ended and all katie barred the door the republicans wow. now were not bound by that and by the way just so you know it was an obama appointed judge that took over that because the judge retired and he was no longer coming out mm -hmm. he was old and the judge that replaced him to oversee this consent decree and a number of other things was actually an obama appointee and this Obama appointee judge said, no, we're this, it's time for this to go. This, this huh. is ridiculous. And yeah. so a judge of moral character, let it hmm. go. And it, that happened in 2015. And what happened in 2016? Donald Trump shocked the world by winning an election yeah. that yeah. nobody thought he could win. Yeah. And so I'm just throwing it out there because it's important to note that both the parties and their leadership will do anything it takes to maintain power and authority. It's yeah. their life. It's not our life. Our life is to be lived with our family, friends, business, what have you. Their life yeah. is political power, and it's gross. Wow, wow. I think it's striking that they would uh, that they would take such measures, that they would go to such lengths to shut down a political opponent yeah. who did exactly what they do every yep. election cycle right. in the same community. Yep. Only they he told the stories about them instead yeah. of them telling the stories about their opponents. Right. It's just. And, and the thing is, they're still doing it and they're still yeah. buying it. Yeah. I mean, you, you look at what's happening in the black community today. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, I draw this back and I've said this before that, that, that racial anxiety, racial distrust, racial issues had almost completely disappeared in America yeah. until Barack Obama was selected to be the candidate yep. for the, for the Democrats. And then they decided to start playing the race card uh. and get everybody angry about things that there was no reason to be angry about. They, they, they really whipped the fan, the flames of distrust and anger over nothing, just nothing. People were getting along. People were, uh, people were succeeding. People were, were prospering. Things were going well. And then they knew that they could play the race card to get a president elected. And that's what they did. And now in the same community, you see, I mean, they pastors in church. Jane goes to the, there's, there's a couple of, couple of guys that we, that Jane, uh, that Jane tutored and helped, uh, actually they're both in, uh, one of them's graduated college and the other one's in college now. And, uh, 
she goes to their church with them every now and then because they'll say, hey, come to church with us. We're having a special Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and at some point during the message, the pastor, will, the pastor, when it's election season, be talking about making sure you vote for the right people. Yeah. Doing things that if it had happened in a non-black church, yeah. there would be lawsuits. The pe- people would be showing up, filing papers. I, it, it's just amazing. And the, they would the lose radio their tax-exempt status, by the way. Yeah, they'd lose their tax-exempt status. Their uh, massive syndicated radio shows, uh, The Breakfast Club, Clarence the God. Isn't that this guy's name? Uh, anyway, the, the Breakfast Club with that, with that host and that crew. I just, I just, Larry Elder was on that recently and talked with them about things. And I watched a little bit of the video of him on that show. And it's just like Larry Elder's trying to tell him the facts. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening in your community. Right. This is why we have problems in the black community. Right. And the guy says, well, how, you just keep telling us everything is wrong with the black people. What's wrong with the white people? Right. And that's the only thing he can think about. Right. He doesn't want to hear about what's wrong. Fatherlessness. He wasn't. He doesn't want to hear about the problems that are the core the issues of his community. He just, well, you keep pointing the finger at us. What's wrong with those people? Right. He, he won't listen to it. You're thinking and about Charlemagne the, the God, by the way. Charlemagne the God. That's yeah. right. Yeah, sure. Charlemagne the God. He's, and he, he won't listen to it. He no. just won't. Uh, and um, Vivek Ramaswamy on the same program. Um, Charlemagne the God's one of his sidekicks. One of the people is, uh, is talking to him, and she just berates him the whole time he's there. And he's trying to make valid points and he's being friendly and he's being, he's actually being magnanimous. He's being, he's being very polite. He's being good with these people. And she's just, you know, she is putting words in his mouth. She keeps insisting that he's, you know, (laughs) a rich man. And what have you ever done for your country? Well, besides develop a couple of drugs that have saved thousands and thousands of lives, eh, you know, (laughs) it almost makes you want to say really, okay, Charlemagne, the God, what have you done? Yeah, I mean, you know the self-importance goes beyond just politicians. There are and mm-hmm. worked with them, radio and TV people, who yeah. you know believe their own press, and it, it's bad. I'm a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I was at a local restaurant years and years ago with this guy who did a morning show, and we were having a meeting to discuss his morning show. I was his program director. His morning show partner was an alcoholic and uh, was going into treatment. And I'm not kidding you. There was a a 30-minute wait for a table. Mm. And, you know, you're standing there at a restaurant. You know, it's fine. I don't care. Yeah. He actually said, and this is what made me decide what I was going to do with the morning show. He said, well, to the host, this. Well, would it matter if I told you my name was from the such and such morning show? She was like, what? <laughs> that All fish was think. not from his pond. <laughs> oh, buddy. The buses don't go there. You know, it just was yeah. so. I'd never been around anybody that pulled that. And anyway, yeah. so I learned. And it, by the way, I did replace that show because it was like one's an egomaniac that can't get his head through the door and the other's in treatment trying to get his, you know. Um, anyway, but I want to get to the the thing about DeSantis real quick. Run this down for me, Mark. Sure. Um, Florida governor, Ron DeSantis abruptly shut down a reporter's attempt this week to use his children as bait in a question about LGBTQ issues in a wide ranging interview about fatherhood and parents' rights. Time magazine, national political correspondent, Molly Ball asked DeSantis 
how he would respond if one of his children turns out to be gay or trans. DeSantis, according to Ball, momentarily demonstrated his displeasure with the question, the framing of which implied a progressive view about LGBTQ identification, by flashing his eyes before swiftly shutting it down. He said, well, my children are my children. We'll leave that. We'll leave that between my wife and I. Wow. DeSantis and his wife, Casey, have three kids, two girls and a boy. <clears throat> the oldest child is six years old. The youngest is three years old. So it's not clear why Ball sought to use DeSantis's young children to make a point about his personal views on parenting children who identify as LGBTQ. Oh, I think it's fairly clear, I must say. Wow. <laughs> Meanwhile, DeSantis refused to back down on his position that it is totally appropriate for a government to intervene and prevent gender transitions of children. Quote, as a parent right now, I can't take my six-year-old daughter and get her a tattoo, even if I want to do that. You don't have the right to do things that are going to be destructive to kids. I think that some of these parents are being told by physicians who are making a lot of money off this that you have to do this. Otherwise, your kid can end up doing something like committing suicide. I think that they get bullied into thinking this is the right decision. Um, according to Ball, DeSantis is billing himself as the parent's candidate in the 2024 election because as a 44-year-old parent of three kids, he understands what parents care about. He believes that fight, fighting for the issues important to them um, whether they're Republican, Democrat, or independent will help win him the election. I'm going to be honest, Mark, whenever a politician pulls that relatable card, because I'm just like you, I immediately, it really is tough to get me back after that because yeah. you're not just like us. You, you are not just like us, no. you know? No. And the thing is here, I, I think he did a good job with saying they're my kids. That's, that's between us. Right. Um, because, and actually it defines the bigger issue when it comes to all these crazy things. You know, it's like, why have you taken personal things in my family and made them a political football? So you can push mm -hmm. your agenda that all leads to population control, which again, yeah. I'm still shocked. I never bought into that mark. I really am. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really disappointed in myself that for many years <laughs> I rolled my eyes or was quietly, you know, looking at it going, Oh, you're crazy. Please. Where's yeah. can I, you know, it's like, I remember yeah. thinking, Where's Art Bell or Alex Jones? Are they having lunch today? Because somebody's yeah. got to take over this, you know? <laughs> anyway, it, it boggles yeah. my mind when it, it's right there in front of our face what these people are doing. And, mm. you know, you got to stand for something or you fall for anything. That's yeah. where we are. That's it's true. time to stand. And the yeah. time to stand is now. The time, the time to, they will call you a racist. They will call you a homophobe. They will call you a bunch of names. You have to stand with the truth and say, you know what, call me what you want, but doing this to children is abuse. You know, you, what you're doing with children is abuse. You cannot mm -hmm. do this to a child. You can't let them know. You cannot, if, and I, do you know why you can go in the military at 18, but you can't buy a beer? When you're 18, the military knows when you're 18, especially guys. You're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. They can actually get you through boot camp. They can knock your rough edges off and take advantage of that real fighting mentality that everybody has it. Men have at 18. The, and it's all built around men. It's the women, they can say whatever they want, but the military is built on men fighting and controlling these men, their actions and making them a killing machine at 18. That's kind of, you know, dudes kind of like that at 18 thinking of themselves. I'm going to be a lean, mean fighting machine, right? Ox. All right. But what happens between 18 and 21? Well, they grow up a lot. You think yeah. about a, a kid graduating high school, 
versus a kid graduating college, you know? There's a big difference in that individual. Mm -hmm. Their world changes, yeah. Military knows that. And at 21, 22 years old, you're not going to just blindly follow this guy because he's yelling at you and threatening you. You're just not going to do it. It's tougher. That's why the military is set up the way it is, because I have always said, look, either lower the age for drinking or raise the age for enlisting in the Army. The day you are smart enough to decide to kill for your family, to die for your country, is the day you're smart enough to do everything else. Every day, you're an adult when you can make yeah. that decision, when you can make that life-altering decision. Do you think a 9 or 10-year-old can make a life-altering? And we're talking life, you will never, ever, yeah. ever be the same. You right. will never, ever be what you're supposed to be. Because you're going to chop something off or do something, you know, you're going to do something right. medically at nine, yeah. 10, 11 years old. Sorry. Or much younger. Yeah. Much, it's much disgusting. younger. If you're not I old mean, enough to figure younger. that out, if you're not old no, enough, I'm, you're not. No, old. I mean, they're, we're little, we're seeing today idiot parents right. who just because they're, they're little boy or little girl. Right one day decides to to yep. put on their sister's dress or their brother's right. or bro- their brother's clothes or something oh they mm-hmm. must be the other yep. the opposite sex they're not no they're no kids. the same kid the same kid last week pretended to be a dog for 4 days yep. so did you did you take him to the vet no oh. but they'll buy into this other thing it's it's there's there's an entire generation of psychologically bizarre people out there yeah. who are who are damaging their children and, and, and now we have a medical damage all the kids and we have a medical, we have a, we have a, a, a bunch of people in the field of medicine who are looking at the situation and going, let's see that surgery is, yes, we'll do that. That's how mm-hmm. much it costs. That's how much money I'll make. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the new house I was looking for, Yeah, you know, and what happened to do no harm? No, oh, Mark, we could go this, a full week on that one. <laughs> yes, we could, <laughs> but it's time to hit the weekend. So. <laughs> I hope you have a good one, buddy. <laughs> I think I'm crawling under a rock for the next couple of days, man. That's it. I'm done. I, I just, I, Mark, when it comes to the idea of our country and you and I set up this podcast to look at the candidates and when you have a candidate going on a radio show, uh, somebody, they've got something to say. They have a background that says they're worthy of being listened to. They deserve your respect. And they go on a show that has somebody named, you know, something, the whatever. And, Charlemagne the yeah, God. Yeah. And they go on there and get disrespected, talked over, and they're not even allowed the time to actually discuss things as adults. And that's okay. You know, that's not okay. That's what's wrong with things. And then until yeah. people realize that, it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, hey, man. Remember, bad prospers when good does nothing. Mm. Have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday. Maybe. We never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.